It's the early 19th century in Lyme Regis, a coastal town in the United Kingdom. Mary Anning was born into a poor family in 1799. And despite having little formal education, her curiosity about the fossils found in the Lyme Regis area where she lived was insatiable. Lyme Regis is part of the Jurassic Coast. It's known for its layers of sedimentary rock, which are rich in fossils from the Jurassic period. The true story that stands out began when Mary was just a child. In 1811, when Mary was 12 years old, her brother Joseph discovered this large skull embedded in the cliffs near Lyme Regis. And intrigued by her brother's find, Mary's curiosity and determination led her to carefully excavate all around the site. Over time, Mary uncovered the rest of the skeleton, which turned out to be the first complete ichthyosaur specimen to be recognized by the scientific community. Now, this discovery was significant because it provided concrete evidence supporting the theory of extinction, which was a contentious idea at the time. But Mary Anning's curiosity and her contributions to paleontology did not stop there. She went on to discover several other important prehistoric creatures, including the first two nearly complete Plesiosaurus skeletons and the first Pterosaur skeleton located outside Germany. Her discoveries had a profound impact on the field of paleontology and on the scientific understanding of prehistoric life and Earth's history. But what does this story, what does Mary Anning and dinosaur skeletons have to do with living a wow-level life? Well, that's a great question. And the answer is quite a lot. I am Harris III. Welcome back to the Wow Level Life podcast. In our last three-part series, we discovered the wisdom of a child, the wisdom that can be gained from listening to and learning from other children, and the wisdom that is inside of us all, since we were all indeed once children, and that inner child remains inside of each of us still today. Well, as we discussed throughout those three episodes, Socrates once said that wisdom begins in wonder. And if wisdom begins in wonder, children have a surprising amount of wisdom that we can learn from simply because their wonder is so wide awake. Now, of course, some wisdom also comes with age, but there is much to discover simply by being curious. And curiosity is simply wonder in action. It's the state of wonder becoming a verb. It's what happens when we begin to put our childlike wonder to work. So, back to Mary Anning. Mary's story is a powerful example of how a child's curiosity can lead to discoveries that change our understanding of the world. Her keen observation skills, persistence, and her willingness to learn allowed her to see what others had missed, making significant contributions to science despite her lack of formal education and the skepticism that she faced as a woman in a male-dominated field. But maybe Mary's story about dinosaur bones isn't enough to inspire you. Another inspiring story that showcases the impact of a child's curiosity is that of Philo Farnsworth, who conceptualized the first electronic television. Get this, Farnsworth was born in 1906 in Utah. 
From a young age, he was fascinated by machines and had an insatiable curiosity about how they worked. The pivotal moment came when he was just 14 years old. He was plowing a potato field. Yes, while plowing a potato field in straight parallel lines, Farnsworth began to ponder the possibility of capturing moving images and displaying them electronically while plowing a potato field in straight parallel lines. He envisioned a system that could break down an image into parallel lines of light, transmitting them sequentially to be reassembled into pictures at the receiving end. Now, this idea was radically different from the mechanical televisions of the time, which relied on rotating disks to transmit images. It's difficult to explain. And they were limited by you know, poor image quality and the inability to transmit over long distances. But this insight from Farnsworth, it led him to develop the concept of the electronic television. He sketched out his ideas for an electronic scanning device, which would later become the basis for the image dissector tube. And despite his young age and the skepticism that he faced, Farnsworth was able to convince his high school science teacher of the feasibility of his idea. Now, this support from that teacher was crucial, absolutely crucial in helping him further his education and continue working on his invention. But by the age of 21, he had created the world's first working electronic television system. His invention laid the groundwork for the modern TV industry, transforming how information and entertainment were consumed worldwide. Now, his story is a testament, again, to how a child's curiosity and vision can lead to innovations that change the world. And his ability to see beyond the limitations of current technology and imagine new possibilities, it has had a lasting impact on all of society. And again, how amazing is that? History is filled with ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And so often, the extraordinary came from the seemingly simple curiosity in the mind of a child. Like the story of Blaise Pascal, a French mathematician, physicist, and inventor in the 17th century. Maybe you're familiar with his story. It's a famous one. Pascal's story offers another fascinating example of how a child's curiosity can lead to significant discoveries and innovations. Blaise Pascal showed an extraordinary aptitude for mathematics, not like me, <laughs> math and science from a very young age. Born in 1623, Pascal was homeschooled by his father, who was also interested in mathematics and science. But his dad, wanting to ensure that Blaise focused on his general education first, decided to withhold formal mathematics education from Blaise Pascal until he was about 15 years old. Now, he went so far as to remove all of the math textbooks from their home and basically forbidden him from studying anything related to the subject of math. But Blaise's curiosity could not be stopped. His curiosity about mathematics could not be quenched. And at the age of 12, he began to independently study geometry using a piece of coal to write on the tiles inside their home. Now, despite having no access to textbooks or any form of formal instruction, Pascal discovered on his own the fundamental principles of Euclidean geometry. 
His father discovered him working out the proof that the sum of the angles in a triangle is equal to two right angles. He was totally blown away and astonished by his son's intellect and determination. He finally relented, gave Blaise access to the world of mathematics. Now, Blaise Pascal's early curiosity and this self-driven study that he did in geometry, it laid the groundwork for all of his future contributions to mathematics and science. He went on to make significant contributions in the fields of fluid mechanics, pressure, and vacuum, as well as the development of the mathematical theory and invention of mechanical calculators. In fact, one of his first notable inventions was the Pascaline. It was the first mechanical calculator capable of performing addition and subtraction, designed to help his father with his work as a tax collector. Imagine that his dad, who tried to limit his access to mathematics, ends up receiving a calculator designed by his son, who helped him in his work as a task collector. It's an amazing story, and it's a testament, again, to the power of a child's curiosity in driving self-initiated learning and discovery. And I think that's one of the keys, the fact that it is self-initiated. It's a thirst that cannot be quenched when that curiosity is running rapidly through the mind of a child. It leads to advancements that have far-reaching implications beyond their time, as we see from each of these stories. But we as adults, we have a tendency to limit our own growth by not maintaining that sense of curiosity as we age. And it can happen in several ways, and each one carries its own cost. We experience a loss of learning and adaptability. I don't know about you, but adults like me, we can often settle into these routines and we stick with what we know change can be scary. We believe that our learning peak is way behind us. And that mindset, it, it's not a wonder mindset. Instead, it hampers our ongoing learning, our constant adaptability. And that is crucial in a rapidly changing world. The pace of change that we are experiencing right now as humanity is unprecedented. And without this curiosity, the cost is a decline in a lot of personal and professional growth opportunities. And it all makes it harder for us to adapt to that change, to new technologies, new ideas, for some of us, even new careers. Another thing that we experience as our curiosity starts to fade directly in result to our wonder fading is just an overall decreased sense of creativity. Curiosity drives creativity. It encourages the exploration of new ideas, new stories, the questioning of existing ones. Without curiosity, we find ourselves stuck in conventional thinking. Instead of a wonder mindset, we have a worry mindset. The patterns of our thinking aren't very creative. We limit innovation. Our problem-solving abilities are low. The cost is not just personal stagnation, but potentially missing out on discovering or inventing something impactful. It also narrows our perspective. A lack of curiosity can lead to this narrowed worldview where we're less likely to seek out or be open to differing opinions of others diversity in cultures and even the experiences that we choose to have for ourselves or to enter into. And that can foster ignorance, fosters intolerance, it again, limits our personal growth and absolutely limits our empathy. And the societal cost that we are experiencing right now, rooted in a lack of curiosity in the potential of others and a lack of empathy, it is huge. We have increased divisiveness we have this collective inability to address the complex global issues that we are facing. 
And the lack of curiosity reduces everything from personal satisfaction to professional competitiveness. There's so much to gain, including the way we interact with others. If we go back to what I was just saying about the lack of empathy and the lack of being open-minded to others, it impairs our social relationships because curiosity also plays a role in understanding others. If you bring empathy into that conversation, it allows us to foster an interest in the thoughts and feelings and experiences of others without this immediate judgment that we so bring to everything because we just operate from this assumption that we already understand or we've made up our mind. And yet that curiosity allows those narratives that you know we're clinging to, uh, we stay trapped in them and it keeps our mind from being able to tell new stories about things that we may not fully understand right now. Uh, Look, it's challenging to form deep, meaningful relationships uh, without curiosity. Instead, we end up in this form of social isolation or at best superficial connections where everything stays shallow instead of deep. We miss opportunities for collaboration and growth because curiosity leads to asking questions and seeking out new information. And so there's so much to learn from this subject. There's no way we're going to be able to cover it in this short series of just three episodes. In a way, you could say those first three episodes that we just covered were about wonder, and now we're having a conversation about curiosity. But you could say this entire podcast, the Wild Love of Life podcast, is about wonder and curiosity. Because in essence, maintaining a sense of curiosity is crucial to living a wild level life. Because it's crucial for continuous growth, innovation, and a fulfilling life. Um, So I'm curious. How are you curious? Let me say that again. I am curious how you are curious. So as you can tell in this next three-part series, we're going to explore exactly that in hopes that we can begin to put your wonder to work by helping you get more curious. So next week in our conversation episode, I'm going to be sitting down with my good friend, Jillian Farabee. Jillian is a magical human being with an incredible story and an absolutely contagious curiosity. She began her career at 21 uh, based on the curiosity of her childhood, first as a professional dancer and actor. And for 20 years, she toured Europe and North America on stage, as well as performing in films and TV series, movies, hundreds of commercials. And then in 2004, she joined Cirque du Soleil, one of my absolute companies, organizations of inspiration. They've been a huge inspiration to me over the years. And so having an opportunity to develop a friendship with Jillian over the years has been really special for me. Um, Her career at Cirque was a long one. She has since become a Cirque du Soleil veteran. She was a casting scout and advisor traveling the world, providing casting for the company's 22 unique shows including the renowned The Beatles Show in Las Vegas, Beatles Love. She was promoted in 2012 to be the director of the Creative Lab within Cirque du Soleil Media, which is kind of the section at Cirque that developed film, TV, and new media markets. Highlights include the video game Child of Light with Ubisoft. Um, There was a preschool animated series that she was helping develop called Luna Petunia for Netflix. Maybe some of you are familiar with that. Even an award-winning VR short, again, years ago before VR exploded, it was called Inside the Box, Curious. Um, That was with Felix and Paul Studios. And so she's a legend at Cirque du Soleil, um, but has since gone on since stepping away from Cirque to be a certified coach of the Hendricks Institute uh, and a graduate of their two-year transformational leadership program and has since opened a coaching practice for artists, designers, entrepreneurs, 
and her clients include a very impressive list of notable people and not so notable people like me. Uh, I've been honored to be a client of Jillian. She has coached me in some amazing ways out of some worry mindsets that were getting in the way and into a wonder mindset where I operate from a place of purpose and possibility. She is extraordinary. But let's not wait until next week's conversation to get curious together. The conversation with Jillian is going to be amazing. But here are a few questions for you to reflect upon this week in preparation for next week's episode. Because again, the format of this podcast that we're experimenting with is designed to go deep instead of wide. In other words, we don't want to jump from theme to theme week after week. Instead, we want to linger in a conversation for a while. We want to have a conversation where we start to ask some questions and then we explore those conversations more deeply. And then we go just a little bit deeper into asking how we can apply. We want to get serious, practical, tactile application in our lives of these concepts versus some sort of momentary inspiration that begins to fade or wane as you move on to the next thing in your life. And so again, in an effort to go deep, here are some questions. Let's just talk through some of these. And I want to seriously challenge you to reflect upon these in preparation for next week's conversation episode. Okay, if curiosity is wonder in action, how can you put your wonder to work this week? More simply, how can you get more curious? I would begin by just asking what fascinates you. What fascinates me? You can do this by reflecting on subjects or topics or activities that sort of naturally are intriguing to you, that naturally draw your interest. It can be anything, anything at all. Going outside at night, looking up at the stars, exploring space exploration on going down a YouTube rabbit hole, open up a history book, Google something about an ancient civilization or how something works in your everyday environment. That might sound counterintuitive to some of you, especially those of you who read my last book, The Wonder Switch. You're like, wait, Harris, that sounds a lot like asking how questions. Remember, asking how is not an unhealthy question. We just have to how in healthy ways. And so when you're getting curious, it's less about looking for the answer to a question, like how does this work? And it's more about exploration of something that's fascinating to you and being open to what you might discover along the way. I think another helpful question on the subject of curiosity is just asking how you react to new ideas or new information or new stories. To pause and consider the last time something frustrated you and consider whether you're open to new ideas or do you tend to dismiss them if they challenge your existing narratives or stories or beliefs. And just take some time to reflect on how you can be more open-minded. When was the last time that you tried something for the first time? Maybe it was one of those new ideas that ruffled your feathers. Maybe try something new this week. Uh, if you don't cook, maybe try to cook a new recipe. I was just sitting down with Angie from our team. We had breakfast this morning and she was talking about this new journey of how much she's loving cooking lately. And historically, she has not loved cooking. She's like, sometimes I open the recipe book and I'm, you know, I'm looking through and it says should take 10 minutes to prep. And she's like, sometimes it takes me 45 minutes. But she's leaning in and finding joy in something that she previously didn't find joy in. And I would argue that that's simply because there's curiosity and wonder there now, and there may not have been before. It's a willingness to just try something new for the first time and let go of expectations. It is okay to be expectant, but keep our expectations healthy. So ask some questions. Try something new. What questions do you have about the things around you right now? Like literally right now, wherever you are, whether you're driving or standing or sitting on a couch and listening in headphones, 
Look at your immediate environment, but look at it with fresh eyes. Look at it with the curiosity of a child. Why don't you know about the things that you interact with every day? It's okay to look for the magic. How do you approach problems? When's the last time, again, that you were frustrated? When's the last time you felt stuck? When's the last time you were annoyed? When's the last time you were challenged, where you bumped into something that challenged you and you had to come up with a new solution? Take a moment to reflect on whether you tend to stick to known methods or if you're open to experimenting with new solutions. What are you afraid of learning or exploring and why? Maybe you can identify some of those fears or worries, some of those reservations that can help you address them directly, opening up new areas for exploration and growth. How can you make all of this, this practice of curiosity, a more regular part of your life? If you're listening to these questions right now and you're like, Harris, this sounds like a lot of work. It's not a lot of work, but it does take time. Maybe you need more margin in your life. How can you turn this into a practice simply by creating more space? Maybe you don't have time to be curious because there's not enough margin for the magic. So maybe just consider some practical steps to integrate time to explore, get curious or learn into your daily routine, like setting aside some time for reading or watching a TED Talk or taking an online course or just sitting down over a beverage, a cup of coffee, and engage in a deep conversation with a friend or even a stranger without the assumptions of what you think you know about the world and how you can challenge them to try to make everyone else think the way that you think. Curiosity is an incredible gift, my friends, and I promise you it is one that has a very high ROI associated with it when we are willing to invest in getting curious. Okay, that's probably more than enough to get you curious about in a single week. I hope that gets your wheels turning. More accurately, I hope it gets you wondering literally. And I hope that you're enjoying this podcast format that we're experimenting with here in season one of the Wild Level Life podcast. If you are enjoying it, or even if you have ideas on how we can make it better, how it might be able to serve you or your efforts of living a Wild Level life even better, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me personally anytime. Email address is just simply Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, at Astoria.com with an I. H-A-R-R-I-S at I-S-T-O-R-I-A.com. Our company, Astoria Collective. Astoria is ancient Greek for the word story. So Harris at Astoria.com is my personal email. I read every email I receive and I reply to everything except for spam. And as always, I'm so grateful for your support and helping us spread more wonder around the world. We're trying to sort of kickstart this creative wonder revolution through all the projects we're working on. And that way people can experience all the benefits that come with that wonder. And one of the ways that you've been helping us do just that is by rating or reviewing this new podcast. A bunch of you have already done that. Thank you so much. Genuinely, thank you for taking a moment out of your busy day to do so. We don't take it for granted. If you haven't done so yet, it means so much to us simply because it's just so helpful to take a minute to leave a rating uh, or even better, a short review, because that helps make these conversations more discoverable to others. So again, thank you. Uh, spread the word about the podcast. If you hear something that stands out to you, do a quick post about it on social media, tag us so I can see those and reshare those. Whatever that platform is, we'd love to hear how you're engaging with this content and how it's making a tangible difference in your life. All right, I look forward to any thoughts or questions that you have. I'm always just a short email or DM on socials away. Please think on what you've heard here in this episode. And I will talk to you next week here on the Wow Level Life Podcast. 
where we hope to inspire you to live a wow level life. And we are going to do that together. Thanks for listening. Thank you.